welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. I'm Jason Richmond, a fourth-generation road builder who started on a shovel and now serves as the Chief Operating Officer at BuildWit. This podcast digs into the infrastructure construction world, exploring the challenges, successes, and strategies that shape exceptional leadership and build a thriving workforce. Today, we have Nick Van Lon and Michael DeRyder of Magnetires Group joining us on the podcast. Nick started as a global project manager for exhibitions and events and now serves as the marketing manager. His team grew from two people to six, and he is now responsible for the day-to-day support of all sales worldwide. Michael is the founder and CEO, and his vision and tenacity have made the company what it is today. He is responsible for setting up strategic policies, is involved in the buy and build strategy with far-reaching knowledge of the market, and knows many potential targets. Magnet Tires is known for its reliable tire solutions that cater to businesses worldwide. Their focus is on quality service and expertise in off-road tires, and they work diligently to address challenges and maintain performance standards. Magnet Tires aims to be a leading second-tier supplier of off-the-road tires as they continue to expand their commitment to building strong relationships in the industry remains a priority. Today, we'll hear from Nick and Michael about Magnet Tires and its role in the construction industry. Nick and Michael, welcome to the Dirt World Podcast. Thank you, Jason. Thank you very much. Absolutely. It's so excited to have you guys on. Where are you guys calling from today? Well, I'm calling from the Middle East, actually, from Dubai. So Beautiful. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling from a small city in the south of uh, the Netherlands or Holland in the uh, other words yeah very good very good well as we start to dig into this podcast we'd love to just get to get to know a little bit more about you personally kind of your you know what's your story uh where are you from any hobbies so if you can how you got involved in the dirt world so you know with both of you on whoever wants to go first would love to just kind of dig in and and uh learn a little bit more about you okay well i can start uh yeah, so yeah, I'm Michael De Ruiter. I'm uh, 43 years old. I'm uh, born and raised in a small town in the Netherlands where Nick is still living. <laughs> and um, I married, got four children. Um, yeah, my hobbies are my work, honestly. So uh, yeah. my hobby is my business. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have the same uh, same hobby like me, working uh, in uh, in their own uh, in their own company. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm CEO and founder of Magnetized Group. Uh, started it 17 years ago or 18 almost. Yeah, in 2006 after my study. So I studied, uh, I got my BBA bachelor degree in commercial economics. And my internship uh, and final thesis was the project Magnetires. So uh, I filled in my dream straight away. And um, yeah, I get goosebumps from when I say it because it's actually, uh, yeah. I, uh, I did a lot of internships before. Uh, I lived in Canada uh, for a year. I worked at a lot of companies. I got fired at a lot of companies. Uh, but uh, yeah, I learned at, uh, at different businesses, see how they operate, see what they do. And uh, so I, I, I implement that in, in my own business. So in my final thesis of my, uh, of my education, and second day after that, uh, I started my business, McIntyre's. So I got my diploma on uh, the 22nd of March, 226. And on the 23rd, I started McIntyre's. Yeah. 
That's incredible. That's a little bit uh, me. Uh, currently, I'm living in Dubai. I emigrated uh, more than a year ago uh, to this fantastic place. It's the central hub of the world. Uh, for us, uh, business-wise, it's, uh, it's also a hub. It's one of the hubs that we have. Um, for me, this is a yeah, perfect living environment in terms of safety, uh, weather, luxury, uh, but also a centralized point for, for customers and people from Africa, people from the east, uh, from, the, from the south. Uh, the only little bit far distance is America. But I did the flight twice, and it's not that bad. So uh, it's 14, 15 hours, depending on where you're going. So, uh, yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah, I hope to visit Dubai one day. It's on my bucket list. So, well, I think you could do a summit here, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that would be fantastic. There's a lot of construction going on here. We'll have our worldwide summit in Dubai one day. That'd be a good idea. That sounds great. Nick, tell me a little bit about your background. Yeah, I keep it uh, pretty short, I guess. But uh, my name is Nick, uh, 35 years old or young, it uh, depends on what, <laughs> what you mean. Uh, no, living in Waalwijk, the Netherlands, uh, where the head office of Magnetize is also based. Uh, working for the company now for six and a half years. Um, yeah, what you already uh, said about me uh, started as a project manager for the exhibitions and events uh, we did like uh, uh, 10 till 15 exhibitions per year worldwide so they needed uh, at magnetizer needed a, a guy who yeah, can organize it from a till z um, since uh, three years i think uh, i'm now responsible for the daily operation at the marketing department and um, yeah, we just uh, a few years ago we had uh, two guys at the department, and now we have uh, six uh, people, including a head of marketing uh, who is responsible for the branding uh, uh, worldwide. Um, I really love soccer. Uh, in Europe, we call it football, but uh, we mean the, the same. Uh, it's really my passion. Um, I have two small girls at home and a girlfriend and yeah that's uh, a bit about myself yeah that's fantastic yeah. got a favorite football team yeah it's uh, ajax amsterdam and uh, tomorrow evening i'm playing uh, of i'm sitting in the stadium so uh, yeah yeah we, we also have a local team it's called uh rkc it's uh, at this moment in the t- in the bottom of the <laughs> of the league Unfortunately, yeah, it's but two games down uh, the road, so you know there is a lot. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of uh, games to go, but it's, uh, it's, it's supporting your local and uh, yeah, the the main uh, club for me is Ajax Amsterdam. That's fantastic! Very, very good. Well, thanks for sharing a little bit about your personal stories and background. Uh, super excited to have you guys on today. You know, Nick's just want to kind of start getting into a little bit of the business side of Magna Tires. You know, our audience is going to be listening, probably doesn't know a lot about you. So I want to just ask some probing questions and, you know, let you talk a little bit about your organization. So you, you started it, obviously, as the founder. But talk to us a little bit about, you know, who is Magna Tires? What do you do? Who do you serve? You know, give us a little bit of the history, kind of that business overview, if you would, uh, of your organization. Yeah. Are you asking me or Nick? <laughs> Either one, whoever oh, wants to tackle it. I, th- yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think Michael can uh, say the best about uh, everything about the company. 
Sure. And, well, as I said, this uh, company is uh, in its 18 years of existence. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, my, my family is, uh, uh, they, they have a business in rubber compounding. That's where it all started, actually. And that's a family business, which goes back 60, 70 years. I say 60, but it's probably 70 already because we we're also 20 years almost down the line. Um, and they make rubber compounds, compounds for various products uh, from uh, shoe soles, floor mats, uh, injection molding, but also for tires. And uh, this is the on-spec rubber production. Uh, their customer base, all the tire manufacturers in the world, uh, from car tires to bicycle tires to industrial tires. And um, yeah, my family uh, does this for, for, for multiple years. Uh, I worked there since I was young, uh, when every free holiday and so on and so on. Um, came to the, to when I was studying, actually started to work for a small company um which was uh in industrial tires yeah long story short uh, our family is a compound producer and to be a com uh, to be a product producer if that would be shoe soles or floor mats or tires it will be a vertical integration uh, and um, if you are a producer of raw materials and you can also make tires in this case or you have the knowledge of making tires uh, why don't we make tires Used to be appropriate, but in these days everything's transparent. So, yeah, I'm third generation and didn't want to work in the company. So I had the opportunity to start my own business. Uh, my business started in America, actually, in yeah. North Carolina. So if these guys would listen to this podcast, I would know that I'm talking about them. But um, you know, uh, yeah, the the. The whole, the whole idea behind was to fill in a need in the market. And, and when I started this business, and just before 2005, six, uh, there was a mega global shortage in tire products. So if there's a shortage, then every entrepreneur or every young guy or girl or whoever wants to be in business jumps on and tries to find, yeah, the, 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 the golden answer to every shortage that is there. And, um, well, my family had contacts, so would give me an easier access than anybody else to these kind of products. And this predominantly construction and mining tires. Um, so what if we could make those? Uh, if, if you could make those at that time, then you would fill in the shortage in a minute. Uh, um, yeah, we could never do it because shortage was that big, but I mean, that's the perception that we had. So uh, I spoke with my family and, um, start this business, start pioneering in China, or let's say Asia, find producers to willing produce our products. And at that time, uh, there was only a possibility for conventional tires. So yeah, conventional biased tires. And these days there's radialization, means steel, steel belted or steel ply tires. Uh, that wasn't available uh, besides a few major producers, such uh, as Michelin or Bridgestone or Goodyear, which are major brands in our segment. And um, but yeah, through the network we had and the compound knowledge we had, we just need a facility to build. And if we would have find a facility to build, then we could give the knowledge and the know-how. And uh, well, we after a couple of weeks traveling in Asia, we found some facilities. And not uh, all are as good as they as we thought they were. You know, that's pioneering in business. 
Long story short, we found a factory uh, that was willing to uh, give us production in return for know-how. And that's what we did. And um, so uh, we exchanged a lot of know-how and um, were able to produce with limited uh, knowledge from Asia our own products. And uh, nobody could do that because we were filling in the missing piece. Asian people can, can copy actually very good. They can copy so good that the product even works. But if it fails, they have no idea where it comes from or what, what happened. And, um, and that's the added value we could give. And uh, in return for that, we, uh, we, we put a product to market uh, since 17 years, built from scratch, built with nothing. And the um, major question always is, how did we finance this? Um, I was actually trading tires, buying and selling tires. And in those days, tires were prepaid because of capital intensive goods. If you have a, a tire for a Caterpillar 785, you know, a tire in those days could cost 60 grand, which today is maybe 25. But when there's a shortfall, people would pay 100 grand. Uh, I didn't have money, but my buyers had money, so they prepaid me. In that matter, we were able to generate money uh, by getting paid by our clients. All that money we made, or that I made actually in the first year, I invested everything I made uh, in 2005 and six actually in my own product, uh, investment in Asia. And we launched uh, our first radio tires, which are 17.5, still 29.5, which is bread and butter uh, for all construction companies. It's, it's the major need. Um, we launched this at Bama in 2007. And uh, at that time, when the global shortage was there for earth moving tires and industrial construction tires, yeah, it was a massive, it had a massive impact uh, for everybody because how the hell could a Dutch guy from a small town that Nick's still living in uh, <laughs> produce all these tires? Where would that come from? There must be somebody behind it. Uh, well, my family was behind it, you know. You don't reinvent the wheel, literally, but uh, you bring people together. So that's what I do. I'm a connector. So, you know, and it's also the line uh, maybe later in the podcast, but, uh, you know, I'm, um, I bring the right people together. And uh, if you have a family firm, which has its footprint in compounding, bring them in touch with the right tire producers and be the person in between to connect it. And the result is a company we have now this year, $300 million turnover, and 1,100 people working. And I'm rising. It will go pretty fast right now. So uh, we have a lot of acquisitions coming. Uh, we're buying and building uh, in, uh, in vertical integration. So we do actually, uh, it's this nice bridge because uh, we are vertical integration of a compound facility. And what we do now is we, we go vertical integration to the end user of the product. So predominantly the people that visit your uh, summit. Incredible. What a, st what a story. Uh, you know, I'm just taking some notes here and I've got, you know, super innovative, creative, love the entrepreneurship, love the connector, love the family background. I mean, what, what an absolute incredible story, you know, to, to go from idea in college to, you know, a $300 million business is just, you know, incredible. So nothing is impossible. It sounds cliche, but it really is, you know, I'm just a doer. So, you know, I take risks, 
because uh, would you accept uh, a million dollar deposit from a client where you just start a business and they say, okay, uh, you know, go get those tires. And remember that all these guys were telling me, you might go get these tires, get them tires for us. And I would, I mean, I didn't even have a bank account. So <laughs> I used a bank account in my dad's company. They go nuts because they received the money. You buy tires, ship them out, get the balance, keep the profit. And, uh, you know, yeah, it was just a rush. Uh, 70-year fly by in a minute. Yeah. Well, I, I love the background. I love the family story. I love the connection. Obviously, it's, it's, it's really cool. What, you know, just a follow-up question to that. Curious mm -hmm. about... You know, with so many different brands of tires that are out there, like what makes yeah. Magna Tire stand out from the crowd or what differentiates, you know, your your tire from, from the others? There's a few things. The simple philosophy that I have from the day one is we make a difference. So uh, we try to make a difference for the client, but it's not that difficult because there's more to market than major brands. So... Um, yes, obviously, I'm struggling here. Uh, there's, there's more to it than major brands. Just one second, excuse me. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. No problem, all good, uh, all good. No, but there's more to it than, uh, than major brands. So, uh, and, but a lot of people don't even know. So uh, that's why, uh, you know, we teach people that there's more alternatives in the market. In those days when I started, there was still the radicalization. So like now people say, okay, I can buy this product in Asia or in India or Sri Lanka, wherever they want to buy it. But people forget that it's only developed in the last 15 years. We were on the fundament of that development. So what we do is, um, you know, we give a, uh, we don't pretend to be first year survival because we can never be, you know, that needs 100 year heritage. Maybe in, well, we're probably not going to make that, but, you know, the company does, but we're not. But, um, you know, uh, if your computer does exist 125 years or 100 years that invented the tire, yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's a way that takes so much time. So, you know, what could you do then be the alternative? And that's what we are. It all comes down to cost per hour ratings. So, you know, all the clients that are there in the world, all the contractors, construction companies, and so on, it starts with a price and it starts with operation costs. If we can give you a product that performs 85 to 105% major brand, which costs, 65 to 75% of the major brands, you know, you got a 15% hour saving. So, and that's massive numbers. So if you could prove that in the field, that's the only way to grow. So, you know, and our tires can fail, you know, I, I, we never hide it, you know, and there's always an issue here and there in the world. If you sell under 50,000 urban moving tires, yeah, there's always a tire that could fail. But, you know, we never walk away from our responsibilities. So. You know, keep with the client, build it together, and work forward. So there's no, there's not a no answer. So Love we it. always answer. Well, speaking of uh, you know product and innovation, you know what's yeah. what's the what what changes have happened or what's happening with tires? You know, you talk about the history of of tires. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I understand operational excellence and things of that nature, but you know, with with changes you know, in the, in the market and machines, you know, and, and whatnot that are going on, what, what kind of R and D and innovation is coming with tires that, that we should be aware of? Yeah. Well, I don't have all the answers for you in that matter. That's I'm okay. A, I'm a commercial guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. But, uh, 
you know, most of it is common sense, in my opinion. So, I mean, sure. you make it very difficult, but, you know, as I said, the day that I started, we made 17.5 till 29.5 tires. So it's from your small cat loader or Volvo loader or whatever loader you have. Let's say American cat loader you have, yeah, till uh, cat 980, so 29.5, you know, that uh, that's still the red and butter. That's 75% yeah. of the market. Still, the oldest tire that are in the market. So even if you are a major brand, uh, you know they still have the same products as the day when I started. And we still have the same products when we started, and it's still the best-selling products and best-performing products. So what is the innovation? The innovation is new machinery, and for new machinery needs new tires. Uh, well, what we have seen in the past uh, and still today is that well today there's there's different differentiation because now it goes to clean energy so you need to have electricity uh, electricity oh, sorry electric machines or uh, hybrid machines which have uh, different need for different tires but uh, in the past for construction or like if you go closer to mining or quarries you know machines get only bigger and bigger and bigger because they want to move more dirt um, you know, tires need to be lighter, less fuel consumption, you know, uh, less footprint, uh, but if we go to electric machines, all that story goes in the dust, in the garbage bin, in my opinion, because, you know, <laughs> there's no CO2 anymore, uh, you know, there's no petrol that's being used because you have wrong tires, so, uh, you know, um, I still think that there is a lot of innovation in the entire product huge. But uh, it depends, of course, for which market, which product, which machinery. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, this is the this is the Dirt World podcast. So we're talking about you know heavy civil construction and whatnot. But just from a market segment standpoint, you know the tires you know that that you're providing. Talk to me a little bit about the segments that you're operating in and and what parts of the world that you're in. Yeah. Well, we're operating in more than 140 countries, global. Uh, could be 139, could be 141, but give or take 140 countries. And, um, you know, we supply in a few segments, uh, tires. So we only make tires for heavy industries. That's our specialization from the first day we started, because that's the only way, only way we could make a difference, make a difference in the car tire. Also, you know, it's, it's different world. And, uh, so we developed it and, uh, in, in, in this particular uh, business, uh, we supply tires for port industry, construction, and mining. So uh, and construction, then you can also divide in industrial, but that goes close to port again. So it's all connected. So you have construction from construction companies, but road construction, quarries, uh, contractors. So there's always a it's all connected yeah there's an overlay from uh, from port business to to uh, construction companies from construction to mining to boards so uh, um, we supply in all these segments that's where we can make a difference uh, we also make uh, tbr products which is also complementary for construction companies for the ready mix companies uh, you know uh, these products uh, we sell also worldwide but predominantly in america australia and africa uh, we're launching these products also in uh, in Europe, but there's different sizes. So there's, you know, uh, it requires different patterns for each part of the world. 
So what we try to do is we just make the products that are needed by the clientele that we have. So we don't make because somebody else has a portfolio. We make what we can sell. We're a sales-driven organization. We're a private organization. Uh, you know, we are actually one of the few private enterprises in this business globally, actually. The rest is all corporate. So, um, yeah, we... Um, yeah, in, in terms of products, there's still a lot of variety. It doesn't mean that we only make six different tires or something. It's still a couple of hundred. Sure. But, uh, you know, you can determine them in, 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 in different sizes and, and patterns. So. Yeah, and in those industries, we are working together with uh, yeah, several kind of customers, yeah, from uh, OEM dealer till uh, the end user itself. So. Uh, major ports uh, regarding uh, port handling applications, of course. So uh, we have some very good relations uh, with uh, with major ports in, in the world or port organizations, and especially the the OEM part uh, is uh, growing, yeah, uh, just as fast as the company is gro growing. So uh, yeah, regarding port handling equipment, uh, yeah, the the number of uh, OEM partners is growing pretty well. Dominantly, uh, products are being sold through dealerships, exclusive distribution. So our product is not available. It's the first thing we did since I started, is it's not available for brokers. So, I mean, there's always a possibility that a few tires end up here and there. Somebody buys a package from a dealer or so. But our products are only available in distribution networks. So we only sell, because yeah, we, we don't install products. We're tire manufacturer. So we distribute. We distribute to dealers or exclusive distributors or own offices. So in countries where we cannot find partners because it's a mature market and every dealer has a hundred brands to sell, which brand are they going to sell? Yeah. So uh, most of the time it's the brand with the biggest footprint at the dealer, the distributor, you know, or they own them. So, uh, um, so, you know, we sell through dealerships and own offices globally. Yeah. Still, still expanding. That makes a lot of sense. I just want to double back to a statement that you made. I think it's really profound. You said, "We make what we can sell." That's yes. a true, true business always, person, right Always there. has been, always will be. You know, there's nothing to hide. We're cash flow oriented company, so we don't work for free. You know, yeah. some people ask for free tires, but uh, you know, <laughs> we can help them prove that the tire will work and will generate money for them in the long run. But uh, you know, been there, done that. So uh, yeah. That's something, uh, you know, as you, as you've talked about this, you know, I feel this real problem solution, uh, mindset that you have as well. We try, we try because yeah. people, people don't know, you know, they think there's all, I'm not mentioning other brands names in this podcast, but you know, sure. uh, no, no, but you know, it's, uh, but people don't know because they only, are, if you're using a certain brand for like 20 years, then that's all you know. It doesn't mean that, that there is not a better product or cheaper products you know in america also it's price driven you know everybody wants this kind this kind so you know it's difficult because if you want to deliver quality and then i need to give a lot of discount then i can i can make my quality so you know there needs you need to find a balance there and i think that's what we can do good and we're not always perfect you know try to yeah. get there yeah we help people so so I'll say this, you know, when you think about businesses, there's challenges, there's risk. You've talked about some, but every industry has its own set of challenges. 
I guess my question is, you know, what keeps you up at night when you're thinking about, you know, Magna Tires and its position in the marketplace? Keeps you up at night. Well, oh yeah, you asked me for hobbies. I have more hobbies than only working, of course. But I mean, that's <laughs> you know, it's so, so super excited. So yeah, do you wake up sometimes in the night? Yeah, well, yeah, for my kids, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, I don't have too much on my mind these days that I wake up at night, but you know, I, yeah, it sounds maybe strange, but I always think under the shower. You can ask Nick in my speeches at the end of the year. So standing under the shower, I'm thinking, hey, you know, and uh, so that's, that's where I think about a few, uh, few of these things. And um, yeah, there's always, always room for new things and innovation, but uh, you know, we're excited in uh, uh, building our business to uh, to an eight hundred million dollar company in the next three years, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. So that wakes if, if something wakes me up at night, then that's in a positive way. Yeah, that's really good. We want to make a difference in this world. We need to be a big firm. So uh, for me, it's big, but in our world, well, you know, constructing companies and and mining companies and quarries and contractors. I mean, their machine parts are sometimes more valuable than a turnover. So, you know, what's big? America's big. Yeah. Well, we're excited to partner up with you and, and have you, you know, uh, part of our ecosystem and conversation and talking here on, on, on the Dirt World podcast. Um, you know, next, let's talk a little bit about people and culture, you know, within your organization. I'm not even sure how many people you have now, but you know what uh if you could describe the culture at your organization you know what does that what does that sound like and look like yeah it's you know what it is it's, it's a very open culture uh if you uh, look at the main of or the head office over here uh, everybody is going to each other uh, eating together with each other uh laughing making jokes but we work together to to hit the target and, uh, you know, this, we are a family owned company still, and the decisions can be made very fast. So if you want to do something, the, 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 yeah, the power of making decisions is pretty easy. So yeah, for that, that's still why I'm working at this company. And, uh, we see a lot of things happening in positive way. Uh, like, uh, I don't know my, how much people do we have right now, Michael, because we're growing so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What so that, it's what was that number again. It's more than a thousand. So give or take yeah. a, a direction of 1100 people. But, you know, we try to maintain, uh, you know, to, to, to jump on what Nick said, you know, uh, my philosophy, you know, besides on the commercial aspect, but on the internal aspect, um, my family business was a top down planned company. That's why I never worked there. <laughs> so I, I started my business as a flat organization. I tried to be as flat as possible because you have short lines, quick decisions. I mean, there is some hierarchy. It has to because there's more, more people joining and we are acquiring companies. So, you know, but uh, it's all, uh, our CFO calls it always nice. It's all speedboats. Yeah, and they need to keep going. So yep. uh, that's what we try to do. So how can you do that making short lines? You know, if somebody asks a quotation, you get it in a minute. You know, yep. we don't have the signatures to give you a quotation. You know, but if you want a discount, you just ask. And if the people can't make the decision, that's the calls I get, even from all our employees over the world. Like, can we do this? Can we do that? Yes. If, if it's a good Tuesday, maybe yes. And maybe yeah. no. We're but always you know, on. We're always, always on. 
Nick said, it's also in the, in all our uh, marketing uh, slogans right now. We're always on. You can always call us. You can always make a decision. So flat organization, we treat good for our people, as far as I can say. In our head office, we have restaurants, we have a gym, and, you know, we have uh, some kind of uh, subsidized, yeah, well, it's Holland, so we have bikes, you know, everybody rides yep. bikes. People can buy bikes through our company, so for all the personnel, uh, you know, uh, but in Australia, we have, for example, we have different, uh, different uh, support for our employees in Africa as well, and America as well. Eastern Europe also, so you know, uh, but everything maintains the same. We try to uh, to be uh, as we are. We do it different. We just do it different. We're not a corporate company, and we try to stay away from that corporate uh, image as long as we can. I don't know how long, but you know, <laughs> but we're doing well. So at this level where we at now, for some people, you know. Uh, I mean, company gets bigger, so there's people that I never met. So that gives you gives me a feeling we go in a corporate direction. We can't just not meet everybody in the group, but uh, you know, uh, in operational side, it's flat and uh, short lines. So there's some managers, but I mean, we have open structures. Doors are always open. If they're closed, yep. it doesn't mean. Yeah, uh, you know, hearing that is very refreshing. Uh, it feels oh, like. <laughs> it, it, for us it, it's normal I also think for a lot of our listeners like there's I think you're going to make them pause and stop and think about you know what is our leadership style what is our what is our business style what is our culture like what is it what, you know are we, flat? Well, there's, people are we that, there's, there's people that disagree with us by the way we operate but we're actually pretty good so you know, is it wrong or is it right? Nobody has the real answer, but we're going to keep going this way because it works. It really, really works. It makes yeah, find, uh, find it out yeah. yourself, eh? <laughs> yeah. We can say to the yeah. listeners. Yeah. I mean, and of course we have also people leaving us because, you know, it's the same as everywhere else, but, you know, you want to have, provide the people uh, as, as good as possible in terms of your organization. So, uh, yeah. You know, we, we talk a little bit about marketing and you talk about your growth. What's the vision look like for how you're going to go from three to 800 and, you know, are you going to leverage, you know, marketing, technology, communications, like what is it that's going to really get you, you know, uh, to, to that next say, well, There's two words, it's called vertical integration. That's what we're going to do. So we exist from vertical integration and we do the next step. So as I said, we supply to dealers, retailers. Uh, our own offices. So what we do is we're setting on off, we're setting up more own offices where if we can get foot on the ground through a dealership uh, and otherwise we're acquiring dealerships, which we have done in Australia, we have done in Eastern Europe and Poland, uh, we have done in Germany, we have done in uh, South Africa, and uh, we will do it also in America. So we will do it in other countries as well. You know, uh, Very good. these things take time. What we do is, uh, if, if, for example, uh, if we, like in Australia, we buy a company that never sold our product. So what people would say, so why did you buy that company? Because, you know, they sell other brands. So that's, that's the thing, you know, because they go to the end user. So now we have production, distribution, retail, end user. That's the full chain. And that's what we want to have because then we don't even negotiate for selling it to the dealer because we own the dealer. Mm. And in the customer base, a customer can not only buy magnet, 
because we don't have all the products. You know, and for some machines, you just don't, you just buy another brand, you know. So what we do is we acquire these companies, we maintain everything as it is. This is what people are always scared for. And um, I mean, and, 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 uh, uh, and this is part of our buy and build strategy. So management stays on board at a certain percentage. I mean, uh, nothing changes and we just add. Here's our portfolio. These are your new costs. This is the products you have. This is the marketing department we have. Yeah, this is the R&D we have. Uh, yeah, it's a connection. Walk in. So a dealer becomes a producer. Makes you sense. Know, change their world. That's the vertical integration. And what you can do then is they decide how much Mac are they gonna sell besides the products they do. And that answer is based on the history we have now is a lot. So um, yeah, which gives us all the business. And uh, we can get quicker market share. So, you know, we started with that two years ago and uh, three years ago, uh, we acquired four companies. And I think in the next two, three years, uh, we have a, a target of 226, six, 700 million euros, give or take $800 million. Uh, yeah, we're, you know, the, the way to 100 million is a long, long, devastating way. It seems like you're never, never, ever going to reach it. You know, we are another dot-com story. For us, all the products we sell, I mean, they're real. You know, it's heavy products. It's physically moving product. So, you know, uh, if you do 100 million sales, you need to physically move a lot of products. So, uh, you know, but from then to 200 or to 300, it actually happens in 12 months. So what happens there, you know? So, I mean, you know, in, in, in two years time, you triple. And uh, now the way to 800 million, yeah, I guess it will take two years, three years, yeah. So, and the part of that is acquiring, buy and build. If you buy family, we buy family businesses, same like us, you know, speak the same philosophy, disregard if it's, if, if they're selling different products, but you know, um, we got nothing to hide. We're a transparent family business, you know, it is what you get. So this is it, and, uh, you know, we do it together. We make one big ride to, uh, to become the biggest second tier earth moving and construction tire supplier in the world. I believe in you. I believe in you, man. I love it. I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I love the culture. I love the leadership philosophy. You know, uh, I love the vision, uh, operational excellence, you know, focusing on the customer so many great things that you're doing. Uh, your business is remarkably successful and will continue to be. Uh, so job well done. And that's, that's super cool. Uh, as we transition, uh, just a couple stats for you for the, what's going on in the U S and I realize that this has kind of been a global conversation, but as we, as we're focused here in the U S, you know, one of the things that we've been uh, dealing with here, and you can maybe uh, give me some light on, on, on this globally is, you know, by the year 2031, 40% of the construction industry is going to retire. And, you know, right now we need about a half a million net new people coming into the industry every single year for the next decade plus. And so, you know, uniting around leadership and workforce development is something that is really important to the construction industry. And something that we're trying to help companies attract new people, hire them, train them, and engage them in what we call that people life cycle. So 
shed some light, you know, on how things are going with, with, with Magnetire in regards to the people or any thoughts or ideas that you've got around workforce development? Yeah, I, you know, the first thing I can say, it's everywhere the same in the world, believe me. Okay. You know, when people get older, I mean, a new generation has different interests. So, uh, you know, it's hard to find the right people for the right job. And uh, yeah, America is a big company, but, but you know, there's, there's more older people than younger people. Yeah, you know, that problem is everywhere. Uh, what could you do? Yeah, I don't have the holy answer for that. <laughs> I wish, but, uh, you know, uh, we're hands on. So we, you know, we try to, to, uh, to innovate in that matter as well. Our HR departments uh, um, try to, to, to attract people. Uh, well, what we just previously said in this podcast by, by the amenities we have in our group, uh, you know, people need to be willing to work. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think that the motivation uh, for some, yeah, I'm not saying everybody, but for a new generation, younger people, I have a 20 year at home, uh, at home too. I mean, they think different, you know, so uh, what, what, what's the right path and how, how do you get people motivated and, and bring them to business uh, disregarding stars construction or mining or, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's difficult. I think a big part for that is, uh, is, is, is um, uh, need to be done by the governments. In your case, American government, in our case, European Union. Yeah, they have other things on their mind mainly, but uh, I think this should be, a, should be a good focus. Uh, because yeah, as you said, uh, which year you said to, that's 10 years from now, not even. Like eight years from now, how many people would retire? Uh, by the year 2031, 40% of the construction industry is retiring. So it's, it's significant. You've got, you know, millions of people that are retiring. So, you know, attracting this next generation, you know, is going to be something that is everyone. And that's one of the reasons why we're trying to really ignite all of the industries uh, to say, Hey, this is not, this is not asphalt. This is not concrete. This is not manufacturing. This is not an OEM. This is everyone's problem, right? Like this is. This is a huge uh, opportunity I've for all of us. Kids, uh, yeah, not, not kids, not the right, but younger people, so to speak. I mean, I'm getting all known, so. Uh, but uh, now, uh, you know, I was excited when I was 26 to start this business. I mean, you know, not everybody uh, uh, gets it warm from a tire or from a big machine. I do, but, you know, you probably yeah. do, and Nick does, but, you know, not everybody. And I think with the new generation, with the Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff, everything becomes transparent. Everybody's looking for the ideal life. It doesn't exist. You know, you make what you get, and you get what you make, you know? So, you know, and uh, I always say, you know, why I like this business personally, because you're working on the fundamentals of life. You know, everything we sit in, if you look in your room at home, everything comes out of the ground. So people forget, you know, and all these things that come out of the ground, this is in our clientele, you know. So is that excited? Yes, that's excited. Everybody has a phone. Lithium comes out of the ground. Your phone is 90% lithium. All the electric cars, machinery, it's all lithium. So, you know, yeah, is that excited? Yeah, I think because, you know, it needs to be digged from the ground and that whole supply chain to get it out of the ground, to get it in your iPhone or Samsung or whatever the phone is called, you know, that's a long way, that process. Uh, and there's a lot of people involved there, you know. I think we, maybe industry should make it transparent to, uh, to the new generation. 
how things are made. Discovery is good. And I, you know, I always used to look at discovery in National Geographic when I was young. And uh, learned a lot about it, you know. But yeah, you need to have an affection with something that you see there. So, uh, and I think that a lot of new generation doesn't even know what excites them besides a Lamborghini or something. No. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think yeah. I, I think that's really, really interesting. And you know, you know, Buildwitz trying to shed a light on that. You know, Aaron Witz running around the, you know, all over the globe yeah. and telling stories. Yeah. And he's got you, you know, incredible YouTube and social media, yeah. which is great because it's raising the awareness. Uh, I, I think that as more companies start to join in and and do the same, whether it's their website or their social or their yeah. their storytelling you know, that transparency and the impact that, you know, this industry has on society and really on their daily lives, as you've clearly uh, described, you know, it's the primary, water it's primary business. We, 100%. Need it. Yeah, we definitely yeah. need it. And I think that in the perception of new generation, that's not there. We don't care, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just knowing that I'm you have a chance. So maybe it's, maybe it's too exaggerated, but you know what? Yeah. yeah. Well, now you've got a chance on. to make a difference yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. Well, hey, as we start to kind of wrap up, any last thoughts or ideas that you've got? Well, I got many ideas, but not all related to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Much easier when it's just Q and A, man. I tell you, I am so uh, I, I love your business philosophy. I love what you guys are doing. Super excited to be talking and working with you guys. Yeah. I, I think that you have a bright future and our industry is much brighter because you're in it. Uh, yeah. Very, very excited to work with you guys uh, moving forward. So, you know, Nick and Michael, thank you for joining us on the dirt oh, world po podcast. Yeah. Uh, super grateful for your support at the area dirt world summit and all that you're doing to make the dirt world a better place. Uh, you can learn more about magnetires at magnetires.com. That's M A G N A. T-Y-R-E-S.com. Uh, or you can find them on uh, many of the social media platforms. Uh, to learn more about BuildWit, you can visit us at buildwit.com. Uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, keep leading in the dirt world, building people, projects, and communities. Nick, Michael, man, great job. That was incredible.